Well, good morning and welcome to our service uh, this cold, wintry January morning. My name is Steve uh, and you are very welcome, whether you're a regular member at Lee Road Baptist Church or someone that is uh, visiting our service today. I'm just going to pray, read a, a few verses from Psalms. And Loving God, we thank you so much that through the wonders of this incredible technology, we can be scattered and yet gathered in your name. We are conscious of all the others, all of those who are tuning in this morning with us to hear about you, to learn about you, to learn about ourselves, to worship you and to be reinvigorated, to be people who live their lives according to your will and your purposes. So would you meet us wherever we are today? Give us a sense of peace and hope in these troubled times. Help us to know that you are there. We love you and we look forward to meeting you today. Amen. A few verses from Psalm 34 that seem particularly pertinent for this morning. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name forever. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, Steve. It is cold, you're right. <laughs> it's freezing. <laughs> there are a number of people, I believe, that are already uh, commenting and joining us through YouTube, through Facebook, and, and no doubt other means as well. So I won't read them all, actually, today, because there are many. Um, but yeah, if you are among... Coming up at the bottom of the screen, Steve. So oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a number Brilliant. coming through. Um, and, and if you're not there, but you are watching and you are signed into one of these outlets, then please do say hello and uh, and make some comments throughout the service. I think you've got a question, Andrew, that you were going to, to pose to people that might frame our conversation later on. Absolutely. It fits in with uh, the talk I'm going to give this morning. So it's the beginning of the new year. So I'm asking, have you made a resolution? What might that be? So uh, if you'd like to have a think, uh, I can remember asking that in a church about 10 years ago and I got some, you know, in an open uh, service and, and I got some surprising answers. That's all I'll say. So uh, put, put them all up. Let's see what people have uh, resolved to do and uh, we'll pick that up and I'll talk a little bit about that in, uh, in, in the chat later on. Wonderful, wonderful. And um, we have uh, Andy and Ruth uh, joining us this morning as well. Andy and Ruth, are you there? Morning. Yeah. Can you? Yeah, you can see us now. Yeah. Good morning, all. Morning. morning. I I can barely hear you. I'm afraid on my computer, Andrew. Maybe you could introduce and. Yeah, I can. I can. I was. I was. It's good to see you both. You, you, you're a sea of colour this morning, which is great. Uh, <laughs> uh, be, uh, we, we we won't lose you. Um, but uh, uh, you're going to pray for us all uh, this morning. So, do you like to lead us in prayer? That would be great. Okay. Thank you. Psalm 146 starts off like this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God as long as I live. We praise you, Father, that we know you. We praise you that you know every part of us. And we praise you you are involved with every part of our lives. Please help us to praise you and to love you 
all of our lives. Amen. Psalm 8 for the message says this, God, brilliant Lord, yours is a household name. Nursing infants gurgle choruses about you. Toddlers shout the songs that drown out enemy babble and silence atheist talk. Father, we thank you for the children, the young people that we know uh, that are in our families or in our church. We thank you for the joy and the hope and the laughter and the fun that they bring. We thank you that they're part of our church today. And we pray and thank you that we can learn from them. And we ask that you would bless them and fill them with your Holy Spirit this day. Amen. Amen. I look up at your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewellery, moon and stars mounted in their settings. Then I look at my macro, micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? Father God, almighty God, we just thank you for your creation. We just look at the skies and we just wonder. And, and just in awe of who you are and all that you have made. Even on a cold and frosty day like today, we thank you that we can see your hand at work and your creation. We thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you love us so much that you gave Jesus as a sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross for us. We thank you that you raised, were raised again to life and we can have life in you. Thank you that, Jesus, you are the King of Kings and you are the Lord of Lords and we praise you. And we thank you that we are loved by the King of Kings. Amen. Amen. God, brilliant Lord, your name echoes around the world. Amen. Amen. And now back to Andrew. Thanks, Andy and Ruth. It's, uh, it's really Really helpful for you to lead us this morning. Thank you for some of that imagery uh, that you've used. Uh, you've not been able to see your uh, newly born grandchild much over lockdown. That must have been a challenge for you, I guess. Uh, yes, it still is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, when we're going to see her. We have seen her once in a, in a car park in the cold for about an hour. Um, I've both got cuddles and the rest of it, but it's... Yeah, tough Christmas not seeing your first grandchild. It's difficult, isn't it, for those of us like you and, and like us and others who don't have family locally to, to where we are. And, uh, I mean, ours are all over the world. Yours are around the country, as some of ours are. It's been really difficult, hasn't it, and quite a challenge. But I guess you've been using uh, uh, forms of uh, communication, digital communication, to, to speak with them and see them, have you? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. yeah. Lots. <laughs> yeah. And we've seen so many pictures and some we've circulated. People get bored with pictures of, uh, of little Millie Olive, but obviously we don't. And she seems to have such personality already, even though she's what, just over two months old. Brilliant. Well, thanks for leading our prayers this morning. And uh, I'm going to ask Andrew and Claire to come in now. And uh, let's have a, a brief conversation with them. Morning to you both. Good morning. Morning. Now, how, how are you? It's, it's been a little while since I've seen you. Fine, yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're good. And yeah, Christmas, yeah, Christmas for you again. You've got family a bit further afield, haven't you? And how, how, how was all that? 
Well, my family are local to here, but it's Andrew's family that are all around the country, so... Well, it was, it was like everyone else's. It was it was a tearful Christmas. It was just the two of us. And, yeah, like you say, a lot of digital communication and Zooms and phone calls. Um, yeah. My mum does not use that sort of stuff, so it's just a yeah. standard for her. It's difficult, isn't it? Uh, we've got family members, elderly family members, who just don't get digital communication. Uh, it's been hard, but uh, there you go. Well, look, thank you for being part of uh, this uh, broadcast this morning. Uh, you're going to read uh, between you a, a, a really well-known story. I ought to say to folks that uh, we're looking at the beginning of this year at, at, at what it means to have an extravagant God, and we're going to be looking at that for a number of different ways, but we're going to be hinging that on a really well-known story, a story that Jesus told that's sometimes called the prodigal son or the tale of two brothers. But uh, you're going to read that for us in a slightly different uh, terminology than some people might recognise, but hopefully it will bring something uh, fresh and new to us. So over to you. Thank you. Jesus told this story. There was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through that country and he began to hurt. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slot the pigs. He was so hungry he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, All those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants. Quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. We are going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive, given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. All this time, his older son was out in the field. When the day's work was done, he came in. As he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. He called over to one of the houseboys. He asked what was going on. He told him, Your brother came home. Your father has ordered a feast, barbecued beef, because he has him home safe and sound. The older brother stalked off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, Look how many years I've stayed here serving you, 
never giving you one moment of grief. But have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then this son of yours, who has thrown away your money on whores, shows up and you go all out with a feast. His father said, Son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time and everything that is mine is yours. But this is a wonderful time and we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead and he's alive. He was lost and he's found. Now back to Andrew. Thank you, Andrew and Claire. I don't know what sort of a, a Christmas uh, we've all had. And uh, some people no doubt have, have kept things fairly quiet. Others will have had an extravagant Christmas. And uh, when I hear that story and when I think about an extravagant Christmas, I, I, I think of uh, a Christmas carol, uh, Charles Dickens, and uh, the ghost of Christmas present. And here you can see a picture of that, um, of where there is just all sorts of things that Scrooge is being shown and he's able to be, see the extravagance of Christmas. And, and some of us may have decided that as we were going to be a smaller group this year that we can be a bit more extravagant. Uh, over the Christmas period. I don't know. But New Year's here, and uh, we've, we've had the celebrations. Uh, I wonder if you've made some New Year's resolutions, and if so, what they may look like. You might have said, right, it's time to keep fit, and while we've been broadcasting here this morning, I've seen my neighbour go out for a run. Now, he does that, to be fair to him, all the time anyway, but some people may have thought this year – Lockdown three, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to go out for a run or a cycle or whatever it might be. Perhaps uh, you decided to get involved with dry January. Uh, I have a friend who doesn't do dry January. He does dry February because he says there are fewer days. <laughs> Perhaps you've decided to take part in uh, Veganuary this year and, and, and decided to, to take the vegan diet for a year There's, for the month. There's all sorts of things. And in lockdown, some of these ideas, I guess, are, will be easier than in other years, where some of them were going to be perhaps a lot more challenging. Someone posted this up on the internet, says, Dear God, my prayer for 2021 is a fat bank account and a thin body. Please don't mix them up like you did last year. You may well relate to that. But going back to resolutions. What about them regarding other influences on us? What we read or we watch, perhaps, those influence us. And do we need to make resolutions about those as well? The podcasts, perhaps, we listen to, the magazines we read. Are we carefully monitoring those things as much as we are to monitor perhaps the calories we consume? or the distances we have walked, run, or cycled. Now, the context into which we live in many ways influences how we live. And often the people around us that can influence us and what we do, they can motivate us, can't they? They can support us. They can also have the opposite effect because the context in which we speak will influence how we speak and live. Almost since the dawn of time, storytelling has been a part of our culture. 
And storytelling can be a really helpful way of communicating and influencing. A simple story can be used perhaps to, to illustrate that uh, what we've heard this morning is a simple story, a well-known story to many of, it, many of us. And it's about communicating something. In fact, it's communicating many things, sometimes not what we always expect. It's a story told by Jesus about what might be seemingly a, a fairly ordinary family. And, but this one is particularly dysfunctional. There's uh, relationship issues between two brothers, and the heart of their father is that he would like them to be more united, and that's revealed towards them both in this story. But the context here is interesting. The original hearers of this story are key to us understanding it in our own context as well. We have on the one hand uh, a self-righteous religious moralists, and on the other hand, we have ordinary people who were struggling with the ups and downs of life. Now, it's interesting to note which groups seem to listen and act on what they heard. What we do know from the Bible is that ordinary people seem to flock to Jesus, a, a phenomenon that, that puzzled and angered the self-righteous religious moralists. Jesus sat and ate with Ordinary people like you and my, me in that, in that culture was a token of acceptance. And it's as a result of this simple choice that caused some problems between Jesus and those who saw themselves as the religious people of the day. It frustrated these exclusivists. It was challenging their viewpoint. And that's why this story was told. It's a plea for a change of attitude. In the book and the film, The Lord of the Rings, the ancient tree beard is asked, whose side is he on? And he answers this, I'm not altogether on anyone's side because nobody is altogether on my side. But there are some things, of course, whose side I am altogether not on. It's an interesting exchange between the hobbits and Treebeard. Jesus, through this story, answers in a similar way. He is on neither side. He's not on the side of the ordinary people or the religious exclusivists and self-centered group. But he's very concerned about the attitudes, particularly of the religious moralists. A self-imposed standard of, of morality is not the same as truly knowing and following Christ. We often get those two things mixed up, and that's what happened with those who were listening to Jesus. He wants those who are outwardly religious to search their attitudes and beliefs to see if there is an inner faith that goes along with the outward conformity. And if there is, but Jesus knows there isn't. In general, religious, in general, religious observant people were offended by who Jesus was because he knocked down a lot of their understanding and their practices. And in every case, where Jesus meets a religious person 
and a sexual outcast, or a religious person and a racial outcast, or a religious person and a political outcast. It's the outcast that is the one with whom Jesus connects. All are welcome to follow Jesus. That's clear from his ministry. It's clear from this story. And that message is made really clear here. But this story is also about change and about a response to God. And maybe that's something we need to hear as we consider this time of year in making our New Year's resolutions. All are welcome as followers of Jesus. And we all need to hear that message. But it is a story of change. And it is a story of our response to God. The religious moralists here, all the every ordinary day people, both groups can change and respond to God's grace and peace. What is clear is that a true encounter with God, it challenges them. It changes them. And it can challenge us and change us. It's interesting that when the wise men in the Christmas narratives, when they met the Christ child, they wouldn't return to their homes in the same way, both geographically and philosophically, because a true encounter with God changes things. So therefore, whoever we are, people of faith or no faith, it's always been the same that way that when we encounter God, things change. You know, despite being displaced and persecuted throughout his short life, the unchanging message of Jesus was not one of revenge or violence, but simply that we should love God and accept one another. And what a shame that that message is not being heard in significant parts of our world today. And although it's not an easy message, nobody's suggesting that. It's not an easy message to follow. We shouldn't be discouraged either. Rather, it inspires us to, to try harder, to be thankful for the people who bring love and happiness into our own lives and to look for ways of spreading that love to others whenever and wherever we can. So here's the resolution, the challenge for us all this new year. In spite of the pandemic and lockdown three, in spite of economic uncertainty, and in spite of our sense of isolation and for some brokenness, let's look and see that we can know who God is, that God is that God is extravagant, and with his acceptance and grace, he offers us so much more than we can ever realise or imagine. And that God is here. So at the beginning of this new year, as we think about what's going on in our world, whether we think about resolutions, folks, change is possible on all sorts of levels. Hope is here. Let me pray. Father God, 
we ask that you would be with us as the extravagant God, that in all things we may know something of your acceptance and grace. Help us to see that change is possible. And we ask, Lord, that today you would be with us in whatever we do, in the struggles of lockdown, in the struggles that we see uh, our world going through. May there be a sense somewhere of your voice of calm and peace and grace and acceptance. Hear us, we ask. Amen. There's been some uh, some answers, only one, I think, to our New Year's resolution uh, question. Uh, someone said uh, they're going to declutter the house because there's obviously too much in it and uh, trying to make uh, more room for faith and Jesus and and uh, uh, in their ordinary everyday life. Uh, I don't know if you picked up anything else. No, I haven't. I mean, it's interesting. There's been a distinct lack of conversation about New Year's resolutions this year, which I, I find quite fascinating. I do appreciate that one from Andy and Ruth because I, I think those two things are deeply connected. Um, I know, you know, Lauren and I look around our house and are constantly wanting to declutter. It's uh, a constant fight of... You know, if you if we want our house to be tidy, we've got to stop bringing stuff into it. You know, and I I sort of think that that is true of our spiritual lives as well. That we have to make space and declutter our lives so that there is a bit more of an opportunity to connect and to see this God, as as you challenged us at the end of that. I of have that. one of those policies that I try and do. I don't always admit it. You know, one thing in, two things out. <laughs> Doesn't always work, but I. I try to do it. And uh, Alan, Alan said something interesting. He said uh, he hasn't made any resolutions this year. And I get a, guess a lot of people are in that place. Uh, who knows what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, no, quite. I, I, I don't know what the explanation is for it. I think there's perhaps been a, a, a reduction in the attention of, uh, of, of, of resolutions in recent years. But um, nevertheless, I... You know, there are other aspects of our lives that I constantly review at the beginning of each year, and I might not label them resolutions, but it does appear to still be a time of people to um, reflect on where they are with all sorts of different things. And and I hope this new series that we're entering will will give us space to do that in terms of our own spiritual development and lives. Over the There's coming a few year. more comments coming in now. Uh, Michael said uh, uh, he just completely forgot that they were a thing and was reminded. It uh, at two minute area on two minutes on uh, gone uh, midnight on January the first yeah. that they were a thing that people make and I think the point I was trying to make there was that you know it is a new year it is a strange new year it's been a strange I don't know ten months or whatever it is now um, but it's interesting when we look at the at the context of this of this story of you know we have an extravagant God. And yet when Jesus was talking, there were these two distinct groups of people that were hearing this, not only this story, but, but all the other parables that he told and, and the context in which he lived. And it was constantly these two groups were sort of listening and responding in really different ways. I don't know what you make of that. Gina is saying, can we make a resolution to pray every day for our local hospital, wherever they are? They're so... Uh, need our prayers at the moment. Steve, I think you're going to pick that up. We've been challenged recently. I, I guess if any of you have been watching the news um, 
well, this week, I'm sure most of you will, you have noticed the challenging time that our country is going through with this virus. There are um, more people in hospital admissions than uh, than in the peak in April. There are 32,000 people in hospital with this horrible illness. 60,000 people are being diagnosed with it daily. We're hitting over a 1,000 deaths on a daily basis. Um, hospitals are struggling like never before with staff shortages, cancelled surgeries and just sheer exhaustion. And the BU Baptist Union um, released an interview this week with a, a lady called Lou Adams, who's a matron of a major teaching hospital, who described the scene um, on the ground this week. And uh, she was describing how she's the matron of, a, of an A&E and, and how all the beds were taken and there were ambulances queuing up. And she was seeing the doctors in tears trying to figure out what they were going to do. And she said that as a Christian she had no other choice but to pray. And it wasn't a long prayer. It was a very instant prayer for a reprieve, she said. And within, um, uh, within a moment, there was a two to three hour gap of, of ambulances. Everybody was able to come into the hospital. There was two or three hours where not another ambulance arrived. And it just gave them that moment that they needed to get organised and to ensure that everybody had a bed and the, and the safest um, way possible. And this sort of story um, provoked the Baptist Union to send a message out to all the ministers and, and their contacts to say, we need an urgent and sustained time of prayer for the NHS and for our country. And so that is um, the context of this prayer. And I, I hope and, and I'm sure you'll be able to join us um, in praying for for the NHS and for all of those who are going through such a difficult time at the moment. Let's pray. Loving God, we pray for all the NHS staff, for their own safety, for energy, for peace in dealing with each and every patient that they come across. Lord, we pray for all those in leadership positions in the hospitals, for wisdom, for good decisions, to give the best possible outcomes for patients. And Lord, we pray for those patients, for the tens of thousands that are in hospitals in this country, and no doubt millions around the world. We would pray for their peace and for ultimately their healing, that they might be able to fight this disease and get home. And we pray for their relatives who feel so helpless. We pray for all of those who have lost a loved one to this horrible virus. Despite all the current restrictions, Lord, may they find comfort and a sense of your blessing over their lives. Lord, we thank you for this vaccine, for the many vaccines, for the peace that it has already given to the one and a half million people who have already received it in this country. And we thank you for the hope that it gives us all. We pray that it will continue to be effective against this latest strain of the virus. Lord, despite our desperation 
for immunity. We pray for a just and fair distribution of the vaccines, especially to the poorer countries who don't have the resources and the relationships that we have to help them fight this pandemic. And Lord, we join Lou in praying for a reprieve for South End Hospital, for Basildon Hospital, for each and every hospital in this country. Ultimately, Lord, we are praying for an end to this devastating pandemic. Lord, be with us all today, this week, and in every week to come. May we be able to see you active in our lives and in the community around us. Amen. The call to prayer was one for an urgent and sustained call to prayer for the NHS and our communities. So I pray and I hope that you will join me uh, in daily prayer for our country at this time. And if you know people currently working for the NHS, just drop them a message, drop them a text or an email and say, let them know that you're praying for them. Ask them if there's anything that will help inform our prayers specifically and, and let us know and we'll continue to lead uh, the church and this community in prayer at this difficult time. Now I'm hoping Andrew is lingering in the background. There we go. Andrew. I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd sorry. Just like to push that prayer thing a bit further, Steve, and say, you know, um, pray for the NHS, of course, but let's not forget our police force. I mean, I heard some stories over the yesterday of some things they're having to cope with. Let's not forget those in, in education, social care, and so any of anybody who's dealing with frontline stuff with this, uh, this, this virus, it, it's really tough. And so, uh, let's incorporate uh, all of them in prayer as well. And uh, that brings us nicely into uh, one of our notices uh, on Wednesday. Um, I don't know if the folk, the tech folk can put this up on Wednesday, um, where uh, there is an online communion service. And we're going to take an opportunity uh, to pick uh, that up, that we will be praying for those on the front line uh, in this uh, this time of pandemic and, uh, and all that... Uh, they're having to do so if you're there it is if you're part of our uh, church community you'll get a link by zoom to join us not just for communion that's a part of that of course we will be praying uh, for those who work for the nhs and uh, others who are on uh, the front line in these uh, challenging and difficult uh, days let's have the next slide up please for the notices which i think is saying something about um the food bank there it is uh, folk have been really generous uh, with uh, the food bank over the last few months and we're at a point where we've been asked to hold donations for a while so our donation point won't be open again until later this month I think it's the 24th of January but thank you for all those who have uh, had given so generously that will be picked up again um, over the next uh, few weeks as you can see. Just also saying the same thing about giving. We're continuing to engaging with our community, uh, working through not just our preschool but other community events. And if that's something you'd like to give to and you don't normally give to us uh, through um, other ways, then you can do that by text. If you're listening on the phone, you can do that 
Uh, but you can uh, donate five pound by texting LRBC to seven zero nine seven zero, or ten pounds to LRBC at seven zero one nine one. You can do that numerous times, or you can donate any amount if you go on to our website. That's www.lrbc.org.uk forward slash give. So I think those are our notices for today. Thank you for being patient today. Uh, clearly, our tech team of having some challenges with their internet connection. Thank you to David and Grace, who have been doing that this morning, uh, for getting us back online. I really appreciate all the hard work that you do. Well, let me pray uh, before we have our final music video this morning. Father God, we ask that whatever we do this week, wherever we go or we don't go, whatever influences us, that you would help us by your grace and your mercy to be people who seek to follow you. And as we understand about more about your generosity and your extravagance, we thank you that we know something of that. We can know and we will know. Lord, help us to remember that in these times, this too shall pass. Give us strength to cope and to look forward to the future, a future with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>